This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate mainstream media when it comes to sports. I can't stand it. If there is something going on in the media that's sports related, but doesn't have any effect on the current games that are happening, I won't turn on the TV. I won't turn on my phone. I won't listen to radio. I will get as far away from sports as possible when it comes to the media. Talk about like, you know, deflate gate, for example, right? And the Patriots cheating. I don't give a fuck. I'm there to watch the game. I'm not there to talk about people's shit that goes on behind the scenes. I don't care. Get it figured out. I don't need to hear when Le'Veon Bell is coming back to Pittsburgh and then goes back down to Miami. I don't need to hear about the shit that goes on in Antonio Brown's personal life. I don't agree with it whatsoever, but I don't want to hear about it. Suspend the guy. Do what you have to do. But don't report on it constantly. And the reason why I bring this up is because today I went to go listen to one of my favorite podcasts. And listen, when I listen to podcasts, I don't listen to it when it comes out because I don't want it to affect my podcast. I want my podcast to be fresh. I want it to be original. I won't listen to that podcast until well after, well after it's done. I mainly listen to it to see if I missed on anything from the previous weeks, you know, something I missed to talk about, but also to make sure that I'm doing better myself, right? I compare my podcast, their podcast, you know, it helps me entertain you guys. And my favorite podcast to listen to talked about Colin Kaepernick. And I had to fucking turn it off. I don't care about Colin Kaepernick's workout. He is not. He is not viable to me until he is playing football. And then I'll talk about him a little bit, but I'm not going to talk about what he's doing in his personal time. I don't care about his workouts. Let me know. Did he look good or did he not look good? I don't give a shit about any of the other stuff. I'm here to watch football. I am entertained by football. I am not entertained by drama. I mean, I feel like... Like... Bunch of producers, right? They all got together, and they saw the ratings go up for the NFL. They're like, holy shit, this is awesome, right? They're seeing basketball ratings go up. They're seeing football ratings go up. And they're like, man, we need to do something. We need to do something like that. We need to have some form of people courting one person, just like the free agency. And we want to throw some sort of twist on it, right? We want to throw something weird in there. We want to create entertainment, something that pulls people in. So they created The Bachelor. (laughs) And I'm winging it, so bear with me. But The Bachelor's sitting there, the producers for The Bachelor are like, doing well, man. They're pushing it. They're, They're creating all sorts of twists and turns. 
in the offseason when the owners are sitting at home with their wives and their wives are all talking about it, you know, how they love the show and the NFL is looking into it, right? All the owners are looking into it and, you know, they see the ratings popping up, right? They see the ratings shooting through the roof and they're like, dude, the offseason sucks. We need to do something like that, right? So they bring in the producers from The Bachelor, they hire them on and they're like, we need you guys to lift our ratings in the offseason. So all these reality show producers got together and like, let's create drama for the NFL. Let's create drama. It'll bring women in, right? Because it gives them something to talk about. Men that love drama will be hooked. And it'll give us something to do in the offseason. So every single time that a story pops up, just like the Colin Kaepernick story, all of these radio stations, all of these TV channels, ESPN, Fox Sports, they all jump on to the same exact conversations that everybody else is having. And they talk about drama. They talk about fucking drama. And one of my favorite quotes, one of my favorite quotes of all time was, for, was from Eleanor Roosevelt. Right? I don't know if you guys have ever heard this one, but she says, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. And the small minds discuss people. The way that I take that is people that are intelligent, right? They want to talk about the future. They want to talk about progression. They want to talk about possible concepts and what's there to be had, right? When you talk about events, you talk about things that are going on around the world, right? Those are the average minds. Whether it's politics, religion, war, you know, it's events. It's things that are happening currently. And then when you talk about people, you're talking about their drama, and things that have happened in the past, right? Not what's come in the future, but things that are going on that have already happened. And most of those people are, are miserable. That's why they're talking about other people. That's why I cannot stand, I cannot stand typical mainstream media, especially when it comes to sports. That's why this podcast is different from every other podcast. Because I bring up analytics, statistical analytics, and I apply it to what's going to happen in the future. And I'm not talking about people like Chris Godwin, right? Like, I brought him up, of course. You have to bring him up. You know, I said, hey, he's going to be an early third-round pick for me, potential late second-round pick. I could see Chris Godwin going off. And look at him. He's the number two wide receiver in half-point PPR. But everybody was calling that. So I spent maybe one episode talking about it when it came to the pre-draft process. Okay, I knew that everybody else was talking about I didn't want to be the same person. Instead, I was hitting on DJ Moore. And look at him. DJ Moore is going off. He's finding his own. Right? He has 95 plus yards in each of the last four games. Hell, he even found the end zone twice this past week. Absolutely destroyed it. And that's with Kyle Allen at quarterback. Right? I thought he'd have Cam Newton. If you had Cam Newton, could you imagine what his stats would be right now? That's why I was banging the drum for DJ Moore, saying that at this point in the season, he would be a top 15 wide receiver. And he's right there. He's right there, right around that area with Kyle Allen at quarterback. Right? Right? Like, I'm not sitting here talking about how Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they're two of the top wide receivers. Right? And they're on the same team. And blah, 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 blah. 
That's obvious, okay? Every other podcast has brought that up. You know that by now. You know that Mike Evans is really good. You know that Chris Godwin is really good. But did you know that Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. are both top 12 wide receivers? Did you know that there are three rookies in place to finish inside the top 30? That doesn't happen. Three rookies are on track to do that. Okay, this podcast talks about stuff that nobody else covers. I'm willing to go on edge. I'm willing to be wrong. I got nothing to lose. I don't give a shit if you guys listen to this podcast or not. I appreciate the people that do. But I'm not going to sit there and talk about all the mainstream shit. Right? Like I talked about why you shouldn't draft Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Joe Mixon, Freeman, or Saquon Barkley. I came out and told you guys that. What other show said don't draft those guys? No matter where they fall, you just don't draft them. I mean, maybe Saquon Barkley, if you felt to me in the second round, I would have taken him. But outside of that, I was sitting there instead talking about how you should be drafting Marlon Mack, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, and Mark Ingram. I couldn't believe that Mark Ingram was going that late in drafts. It was blowing my mind. Chris Carson, I thought, was a first-round pick, late first round or early second round, but still not a third-round pick. I was talking about how Nick Chubb, to me, was the 107, potentially 106, depending on where DeAndre Hopkins went. This podcast has discussed, before Lamar Jackson was even being talked about in drafts, I was saying Lamar Jackson, for me, this year is a top seven quarterback, potentially top five. And look at him, he's number one on the season. Dak Prescott was a draft no matter what. Deshaun Watson and Jameis Winston were my two overall favorite quarterbacks. And if you ended up getting stuck, if you ended up getting stuck, then Matt Stafford could still save your roster. And look what happened. He did well. He did very, very fucking well. All those quarterbacks going off. We talk about other stuff that everybody else is afraid to talk about. And here I go again, right? I'm going to talk about something else for you guys, for you dynasty players out there, because I haven't gotten a lot of dynasty questions. So we're just going to dive into this for a few seconds, and we'll get started on with our episode. But I personally, I don't care what place you're in, in your dynasty league. I'm selling my entire team for draft picks and for young players right now. We're about to see an offensive explosion that the NFL has never seen before. I'm literally selling out all of my guys. All of my guys. Trying to sell Todd Gurley. Trying to sell Antonio Brown. I'm trying to sell everybody. I was trying to sell them before the season even started. I wanted to tank this year. And I don't care if you're, if you're in first place in your league. If you're in a dynasty league, you go and you trade for picks and you trade for players that are going to be tied to high-end picks. I'm going and I'm trying to pick up Devontae Parker. I'm going and I'm trying to pick up Preston Williams. Right? Like, what are the chances that Miami drafts a quarterback? Pretty fucking high. I'm going to get the two main wide receivers that are going to be tied to one of the best quarterback draft classes that has happened 
This could be better than the Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Eli Manning draft class. It could be better. There are five, minimum five, first round QBs available in this draft class. I am getting all the players that could be tied to these quarterbacks. I'm looking for Galladay and Hawkinson. We don't know what's going to happen with Matt Stafford and that back issue. Chances are the Lions are going to end up drafting a quarterback, maybe not a first-round quarterback, but they're probably going to end up drafting a quarterback, right? And I want Galladay and Hawkinson, who could be tied to that future quarterback. It wouldn't be crazy to see the Lions go out and trade Matt Stafford to a team that's looking for a veteran quarterback, somebody that's looking for a bridge for like a first-round pick. I don't think it's that crazy. Somebody that can fit in like a Ryan Tannehill type situation and win for them who need a win now but want to develop a backup quarterback. The Lions end up inserting their, their young player, their young quarterback, and now Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson are set for life. They are set for life. I'm going to be looking to pick up Cortland Sutton. Believe it or not, Deshaun Hamilton, Noah Fant. If Drew Locke gets to play this season, I'm hoping he does so that we can see how bad he is. But then that gives Elway a chance to draft a quarterback, a good quarterback. And then you are tied to Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, and Deshaun Hamilton, along with, yeah, you could throw in Tim Patrick if you want. But now you have those guys with a good quarterback. I mean, Cortland Sutton's been producing with Brandon Allen and Joe Flacco. Imagine what he could do with a good quarterback. I'm trying to get Sam Darnold. I'm trying to get Sam Darnold. I'm trying to get Dwayne Haskins because you don't know. You don't know the potential talent that can end up adding at wide receiver. I know that Sam Darnold has Jamison Crowder, has Robbie Anderson, but Robbie Anderson is completely one-dimensional, and Jamison Crowder is a slot receiver. Demarius Thomas is older. He's not going to be there forever. Could you imagine if the Jets added Jerry Judy? Sam Darnold would be so stoked. I mean, he'd probably want some offensive linemen first, but this isn't the draft to get the offensive linemen. This is the draft to get the talent. Could you imagine having Dwayne Haskins on the field with Terry McLaurin and Jerry Judy? Or hell, any one of those wide receivers that are going to be first-round picks this year. It's going to be insane. I'm trying to grab Darius Geis along with it. He's shown that he can be a pass catch and running back. He's shown his talent. I'm trying to get those young players. Tyler Boyd? Oh, my God. Tyler Boyd, right? He hasn't been very good this year, but who has he had to play with? We see what happens when he gets opportunity. You saw that one-handed catch. Tyler Boyd I'm trying to pick up because he is a buy-low candidate right now. Right? If the, the Bengals have the number one overall pick right now, they end up landing a young player, a young quarterback. You know, whether it's Tua if he's healthy, or Herbert, or somebody along those lines. They get some of their offensive line back, some of their young offensive linemen. They draft offensive linemen, and all of a sudden, Tyler Boyd is set up for success under a Zach Taylor system. Obviously, they pass. They pass a fucking lot. I'm trying to get Justice Hill who keeps on seeing a small increase in workload, who Mark Ingram is only on, I believe, a two-year contract. 
who, Gus Edwards, sure, he can be the main back, but he can't catch balls out of the backfield. Justice Hill is dynamic. I'm trying to acquire him while he's still cheap. Speaking of that, I told you guys should have gone after Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella was a free token. You probably could have got him for a third round pick for this 2020 class if anybody knows what this 2020 class is actually capable of. But that was prior to the week that he went off up against the San Francisco 49ers. Now you have to pay up for him, but he's still worth paying up for. He's still worth it. Throw him Devontae Freeman. Throw that other player, Devontae Freeman, and ask for Andy Isabella and like a second rounder back. See if he bites. Just see if he bites. I sent a trade proposal earlier today. I gave him Mike Evans, and I got back, well, I'm looking to get back. He hasn't responded yet. A first round pick, a second round pick, and Andy Isabella. I'm willing to back off that second round pick. I will go Annie Isabella and an early first round pick for Mike Evans. It's not that crazy. Andy Isabella has breakout written all over him this upcoming season. Who else on that team is a better wide receiver than Andy Isabella talent-wise? Fitzgerald's not going to be there. Christian Kirk plays the slot. Andy Isabella lined up on the outside with Kyler Murray. That arm on him. Oh, my God. Don't wait too long. Don't wait too long. Don't be afraid. Because if you're listening to this, you were probably the same exact guy that two or three years ago when you played Dynasty, you were waiting to acquire Chris Godwin, but you didn't want to give too much. You didn't want to overpay for him at the time. And now look, he's the best wide receiver in the NFL outside of Michael Thomas. DJ Moore, same boat. Now you have to pay for DJ Moore because he just had his breakout games. He just had his four-game breakout series that proved that he's an NFL superstar wide receiver. But he's still cheaper than what he's going to be when the Panthers go and draft a first-round quarterback this year. Or if Cam Newton comes back. Pay up for him now. When the Lions land somebody like Jake Fromm, yeah, it's possible. Kenny Galladay's stock is going to soar. That's why you acquire Kenny Galladay now. This youth movement that is happening in the NFL, I don't think we've seen anything like it before. We're used to running backs playing until they're 32, 33, maybe 34. That's not happening anymore. We're used to wide receivers playing until they're 36. I mean, look at Larry Fitzgerald. That's not going to happen anymore. Because this influx of talent that's about to hit the NFL, that's already hit it in one draft, right? We had this wide receiver class that we just had, it was so deep. Talent-wise, had limited upside. But depth-wise, when it came to stability, oh my God. When you're getting Kelvin Harmon in the seventh round, any other draft, he would have been a fourth-round pick. But no, he went to the Redskins in the seventh round, and look where we're getting from him. We're getting upside and we're getting production. I mean, it's not on any startable level yet when it comes to fantasy football, but it'll be there eventually. And the talent that we're going to get from this draft, the upside talent, I wouldn't be shocked to see 
15 superstars. Absolute superstars, minimum, come out of this draft. This draft is going to be insane. Sell your team now so you'll have 10 years worth of stability. Go get yourself a first-rounder for Mark Ingram. Go get yourself a first-rounder, maybe two, for Chris Carson. Right? Like, first-rounder and a second-rounder, early, obviously, for Chris Carson. I mean, even Christian McCaffrey is tradable. Saquon Barkley is tradable because of the depth of this draft. If you can get, like, Saquon Barkley... If you can acquire somebody like, I don't know, Carrion Johnson possibly with two first-round picks, I would trade Saquon Barkley for that. You're going to end up with either two starting running backs, along with Carrion Johnson who's startable, or possibly somebody like maybe Jerry Judy along with starting running back and Carrion Johnson. You now have depth. You now have a full team that can win you games, not just one player. And there's a chance, there's definitely a chance that Christian McCaffrey stays course and has an insane career. I don't know, somebody, somebody like Marshall Falk, right? But there's also a chance that he ends up getting hurt because of the utilization and how much they are using him. There's also a chance that they start to take the workload off of him. They don't give him as many carries. I mean, they're using him every which way possible right now. How long can he go at this rate? What, till he's 28? I think he's 23-ish right now. So he's got, what, five years tops? Instead, you end up getting two startable running backs. One you'll get for five years, so that'll make up for some of the production that you're losing from Christian McCaffrey. But then you get a receiver for 10 years and rookie running back for, what, seven or eight years. I will take that trade every single time. I don't want to rely on one player to win me games. I want my whole entire team to be a beast. Two top 12 running backs for the next five years and a top 12 wide receiver for the next 10? Fuck yeah, I'm taking that. If you got DeAndre Hopkins, trade him now. Trade him while he still has value. Don't forget, the Texans sold the farm. They sold the farm to try and win now. What's going to happen? What's going to happen in three or four years from now? DeAndre Hopkins, I believe he's going to be over 30 by that point. I think he's 27 now. Is he still going to be putting up the same numbers that he's doing now? Fuck no. You can get two first-round picks and possibly, what, like Kenny Galladay maybe? It's possible. Somebody might bite on that. Cortland Sutton? Dude, I would do that trade in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Guys, the time to sell is now. Don't wait. Don't wait for the mainstream media to catch up and talk about this NFL draft. Don't wait for the mainstream media and all the other fantasy podcasts to talk about how Kenny Galladay is a top five wide receiver and DJ Moore is a top five wide receiver and 
Andy Isabella is taking over as the starting outside wide receiver because he finally developed and the coaching staff finally likes him after an offseason. I think this kid's only like 20 years old. Don't wait for everybody else to tell you. Take a chance. Take a shot. Take a shot on a guy like Justice Hill. Like Kelvin Harmon. Like Gary Jennings. Go find that talent and then trade away your team for draft picks. It's that time. With that being said, guys, we're going to go and hop into our episode today. We actually have one segment today. That's why I had a little bit longer intro. Obviously, bye weeks are done, so we're not doing that. And I didn't do the FMK and BDSM segment that I typically do on Thursdays. So, we're going to keep it short and sweet. Short and sweet just for you guys. Oh, yeah. We're just going to talk about the waiver wire pickups, guys. You know, who you're looking at. Who needs to be picked up and owned on the waiver wires. Whew. Prior to them expiring. God, I got worked up for that segment. I just hate mainstream media sometimes, man. I hate waiting on stuff to happen. I want to talk about the future. I want to talk about ideas and things that could end up happening. I want to get ahead of the curve. But yeah, anyways, guys, I'm going to hop into this waiver wire segment. Love me, love me, love me. Here we go. Alright guys, we're going to jump into this waiver wire segment, but before I do, before I jump into that, I just want to say thank you to everybody that does listen to me, go through my rants, get all fed up with people, yeah, it's a good time for me, but more importantly, if you guys do listen to the show and you guys do appreciate all the stuff I'm doing for you, please tell your friends about us, just tell one person, just one person, one little secret, obviously you don't want them in your fantasy league, but still, do it for me. Hit share. Share me on Facebook if you can. Please hit subscribe. Please hit like. Give me a five-star review. You have no idea how far that goes. It goes so far for me. But anyways, enough about me. We're going to talk about some of these guys on the waiver wire and who we're looking at, who we're looking to pick up. And it's going to start with one major guy for me, and it's somebody that I've been talking about nonstop, and that's Ryan Tannenhill, right? Ryan and Tannenhill has a matchup up against the Colts and Oakland and then Houston. So, Ryan Tannenhill for me, who put up two touchdowns this past week in air, two touchdowns on the ground. That's my primary pickup this week if I'm looking for a quarterback. I need Ryan Tannenhill on my team for this playoff run, for this playoff stretch. Grab Ryan Tannenhill. And if you don't grab Ryan Tannenhill, then you have to take Sam Darnold. And I've already been talking about it, guys. I've been talking about it for, what now, six weeks? Do I need to repeat it? His playoff schedule is insane. He's on fire. I mean, look what they did up against Oakland. Guys, Sam Darnold already should be on your team, so I'm not going to talk about it. I've talked about it every other fucking episode. Just look at his playoff schedule. It's that simple. Other guys that I'm checking out, if I own Chris Carson, I'm picking up Rashad Penny. You have to. You don't know if Rashad Penny is going to end up getting benched. And I'm not saying that you have to start him this week. I would not start him this week, in fact. I want to see how the snap share goes. But Rashad Penny absolutely went off this past week. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him start to eat into Chris Carson's workload. Now, if Chris Carson, obviously, 
there's a good chance that Chris Carson doesn't give up any snaps because they love Chris Carson in Seattle. But if anything happens to Chris Carson, you sort of already owned Rashad Penny if you're a Chris Carson owner. And something like this, something like this could be huge when it comes to fantasy implications for the playoffs. I need Rashad Penny. That's my number one waiver wire pickup for the running back position if I own Chris Carson. If I don't own Chris Carson, this one's tough because I was not on it last week and I should have been on it and I wasn't on it. I thought that Jordan Wilkins would end up taking some snaps away. But Jonathan Williams has owned himself that starting position. He's owned himself that starting role. Jonathan Williams for me is the number one waiver wire running back pickup if I don't own Chris Carson. When it comes to my other running back pickups, you got to take a look at Bo Scarborough, who looked good this past week. He looks solid. I mean, he's gotten 74% of Detroit's carries over the past few weeks, or two weeks, I should say. And he's just overall, I mean, like I said, he looks solid, man. This guy's a big physical animal. The only reason why he hasn't been able to see the field is because he's been locked up behind star running backs his entire pro career and his entire college career. All right, he needs to be owned. The only thing, the only thing that scares me away from Bo Scarborough is the fact that he's not playing on passing downs, but still, I think that he has to be owned. You have to pick him up, give him a chance. And I know what you guys want me to say next because you guys know who I hate. You know who I absolutely hate, but I'm not going to say that you should pick up Benny Snell. I'm not going to say, I don't care if James Conner doesn't play next week. I don't care if I die on a hill shouting that Benny Snell should never be a starting running back. And yes, I did say snail. I think that this was a freak thing that happened, and I don't trust Benny Snell. He's just too slow. He's not a waiver wire pickup. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm not picking him up. I don't care. I just don't care. If Darius Geis is still on the free agent waiver wires or Kareem Hunt, I think you have to pick up either one of those guys for sure. They should have already been picked up. But outside of that, it's a really, really, really just ugly, ugly availability of running backs. I mean, there's nobody really out there. Jalen Samuels could be an option, but I would wait for that to process past waiver wires and see who gets dropped this week before I pick up Jalen Samuels and waste a waiver wire priority or fab dollars on him. I did forget to bring up, by the way, Nick Foles. He is also an option for me. He does have Tampa Bay this week, who is obviously terrible against quarterbacks. And if Carson Wentz gets dropped, keep an eye on that. Carson Wentz has not been doing well, but he does have Miami as well this week. So, I'm not saying that he's definitely going to end up going off that game. Carson Wentz does not look good, but if he gets dropped, keep an eye on that if you stream quarterbacks. Now, on to the wide receiver side. And there are actually a good amount of wide receiver options out there this week. Like if Devontae Parker's on your waiver wires, he shouldn't be, but if he is, you pick him up. If Randall Cobb is on your waiver wires, you pick him up. Randall Cobb has been awesome, awesome for the past stretch of, what, three or four games now? I mean, he just faced the Patriots last week and still put up 12.8 points or 12.6 points in full-point PPR. That's solid. I mean, it's the best you can ask up against the Patriots. Debo Samuel should not be on your waiver wires, but if he is, I think you have to pick him up. Obviously, he has a little bit of a tougher matchup up against Baltimore this week, but he's still playable in future weeks for, uh, through the playoffs. Jameson Crowder, uh, we already talked about the schedule. Jameson Crowder, I know he had a tough week this past week. Keep an eye and see people drop him, but he is definitely a waiver wire pickup for me, no doubt. No doubt. But my number one waiver wire pickup, the number one guy that I'm going to be targeting this week is going to be Sterling Shepard. All right? And Sterling Shepard, although he hasn't been consistently healthy, 
when he is healthy, he has nine targets in each one of those games. Nine targets. And the one winner he went out with the concussion, he already had seven targets in that game. I mean, that's insane. And then looking at his schedule, right? He has Green Bay this upcoming week, which is going to be tough, okay? One bad week. But that's why he could be on your waivers. Following that, Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington in week 16 for the finals. If you play week 17, then you get Philly again. Sterling Shepard, for me, is a bomb pickup if he's available. And just looking at ESPN right now, he's available in 37 or 36.7% of leagues. So there's a chance. Go out there, look for Sterling Shepard, see if you can pick him up. He could be a huge play this week. One other guy that I could be semi-interested in, just to give you all a heads up, is Zay Jones. I was wrong on him earlier. Hunter Renfro stepped up, did really, really well. But Hunter Renfro has potentially broken ribs and possibly a punctured lung. That's the rumors out there. It's not confirmed. Those are the rumors. Zay Jones could step into that role, and that role has been solid so far this season. I could be seeing Zay Jones. I could see him getting, what, seven targets a game, somewhere around there. And typically at the end of the season, for some weird reason the past two years, he just does really, really well at the end of the season. Well, last year, I should say. But, yeah, Zay Jones, if you're in deeper leagues, is an option for me. You might want to wait and go with him after the waiver wires process so you don't have to waste fab dollars or a waiver wire priority. But, yeah, if you're in deeper leagues, I think he is worth a pickup. Now, on to the tight ends. And, God, was a tight end landscape gross, gross this past weekend. It was absolutely brutal. Hold on, I want to read something off real quick. Last week, the rankings for the tight ends, okay, the top three guys, Zach Ertz, George Kittle, Jared Cook, cool. Third place was Caden Smith for the New York Giants. Mike Gusecki, Logan Thomas, Ryan Griffin, Greg Olson, Eric Ebron, who is now out. So, obviously, we're going to talk about Jack DeWill in a second. But then Dallas Goddard, he was only valid in a PPR league. I mean, it just got gross. Darren Waller fucked you over. Mark Andrews just lost me like 200 bucks because of last night. 200 bucks. He lost me in one of my leagues that I'm in. No, he lost me like 250 because one of the leagues that I'm in, it's just a cheaper league, like a $20 league. First place gets $200. That just knocked me out of the playoff race. And then on the other side of things, I ended up having a, what is it, a kickback. And I lost the kickback by like 1.4 points because Mark Andrews, fucker. So pissed off right now. One catch for four yards. Just one more catch for four yards, and I would have hit it. Along with that, most of my DFS lineups had Mark Andrews in it. But for some reason, every time I looked up at the TV, Nick Boyle was in and Mark Andrews wasn't. And they're probably trying to preserve him for the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't need him last night, so I think that's what was going on. Obviously, he's been injured recently, so... Mark Andrews, I am not a fan of you right now, man. But anyways... Back to what we're talking about, the waiver wire pickups. And the waiver wire pickups could be interesting this week, right? Like, you have Jacob Hollister, who is at the top of my list for this, if he's available. Obviously, he had a little bit of a rough week last week, but they have so many different balls to go around there. However, with Minnesota, they struggle up against the tight ends, so I think that Jacob Hollister could see an increased amount of targets. Next up, Noah Fant. He has a little bit of a tough matchup up against the Chargers, 
but he is pick upable. <laughs> uh, you can't pick him up. He didn't do too well once again last week, but yeah. Uh, Ryan Griffin for me is definitely a pickup if he's available. He has been one of Sam, Darn Dar uh, Sam Darnold's favorite targets. He didn't do it last week for you. In full point PPR, he only got you 10.3 points, but still, I think you have to play him. He's only played for part of the year. Well, he's only been the primary target, I guess, for part of the year with Sam Darnold on the field. But he's still ranked number 14th overall in the NFL, and he's had some hot weeks, but he's pretty much hit or miss. You're either going to get a big week from him or you're not. He has Cincinnati this week, and Cincinnati's been okay up against the tight ends. I still think that with Cincinnati focusing on keeping Robbie Anderson out of the end zone, I think that with the amount of snaps that he gets, Ryan Griffin could have a good game this week. Now, outside of that, it's pretty ugly when it comes to availability. But there is one guy that I'm definitely targeting, uh, even over Jacob Hollister, now that I think about it. And that is going to be da -da -da -da, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is the answer to your questions this week. Eric Ebron went out. I think he has, what, two broken ankles or something insane like that. Jack Doyle should be taking over that starting role. Jack Doyle, whew, when he is solo, right, he produces. He's been producing this year, even with Eric Ebron. He has multiple different weeks where he was the top 12 option. Jack Doyle without Eric Ebron, he's going to go off. Jacoby Brissett likes his tight end. He's gone there. I believe Eric Ebron has, or the tight ends have like over 20% target share, something along those lines. And now that Jack Doyle is going to be the only one getting it, I could see him absolutely, absolutely having a great, great finish to the season. Hell, check out this schedule. Check out this end-of-the-season schedule. Tennessee, who tends to struggle up against tight ends from time to time. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Carolina. Boom. Drop the mic. Well, I can't drop the mic because it's actually on a stand sitting in front of me. One of, those, one of those arms, right, that you can bend each way. So I can't drop the mic. But if I had a mic that I could drop, I'd be dropping it. Be dropping it like it's hot. Oh, yeah, I went there. Now, when it comes to deeper leagues... Deeper leagues, we talked about Hunter Renfro, right? We talked about Hunter Renfro and how he could go out. Now, they're going to have to make up for targets somewhere. Foster Moreau, who I've been hammering, hammering like a nail, right on the head, over and over again. Foster Moreau could see an increased workload, and he already has multiple touchdowns on the season. Foster Moreau, for me, is definitely a pickup, even in some more shallow leagues. Like, I kind of want to take a shot on him anyways, especially if I have a weak tight end position. Yeah, Foster Moreau is extremely intriguing. The other guy is Mo Alley-Cox. We just talked about Eric Ebron, how Eric Ebron's out, probably for the rest of the season. Mo Alley-Cox is this massive human being, and he could end up seeing some potential targets in the red zone that were going towards Eric Ebron prior to going out. Because Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron are two completely different players. But Mo Alley-Cox, who played basketball in college, could end up taking those same targets that Eric Ebron was seeing to the house. I mean, he, he's a deep play. That's really tough for me to actually endorse and get behind, but it's possible, especially with the type of formations that the Indianapolis Colts run. So, with that being said, guys, that's going to wrap it up for that. Well, I guess I could do, I guess I could do defenses real quick. I mean, why not? Why not? Because there's some really fucking awesome matchups, right? Like, the Chargers have Denver. Chargers aren't going to be owned in very many leagues, right? I mean, they're number 18th on the season, so that's not great, but yeah, the Chargers, 
up against Denver? Sure. I mean, I don't know if Drew Locke's going to play or not, but even if he does play a rookie quarterback in his first game, God, I want to see it. I know it's at home for Denver, but you never know. Like, that creates some opportunities. It is a division game, right? Yeah. I could see, I could see the Chargers having a great game this week. You look at the Packers. If the Packers got dropped because they had a couple tough weeks, right, then I could see the Packers obviously going off up against the Giants. And then with Phillip Rivers on the other side of things, throwing tons of interceptions, the Broncos could be picked up up against the Chargers. Yeah, that's feasible, right? I could see it happening. The Carolina Panthers up against Washington. I mean, Carolina, DJ Moore's look good, right? They could end up going up big on Washington and forcing Washington to throw. And Dwayne Haskins, yeah, he won his first game. He took that selfie, whatever. But he doesn't look good. Like, he completed less than 50% of his passes, I believe. So, Panthers defense is definitely an option for me this week. And then the main one, the number one one I'm looking at are the Eagles. They've gotten a little bit better in their secondary. They've got Miami this week. Miami's going to have to throw. I can see a big game coming out of the Eagles this week. Obviously, it's up against Miami. The only other one that I would be looking to start, and this one's a little iffy, but if Benny Snails ends up playing, right, and James Conner's out, they're up against Cleveland Browns. And Cleveland Browns secondary has looked really fucking good. Up against Mason Rudolph or whatever his name is, Duck. Is that what they're calling him? Is that the other quarterback? The backup quarterback? I can't think right now. I'm not going to go look it up. Because I'm just doing this on a whim. I'm just literally going at it. Just speaking my mind. Completely freelancing. But I think that the Cleveland Browns defense up against Pittsburgh. That actually could be my number one pickup this week. Like, I could even see that being bigger than the Eagles over Miami. Yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm fucking going there. I'm going there, dog. I'm going there. But, yeah, that's going to be it. That's going to wrap it up for me, guys. That's going to be a show. We're done. We're kaput. Fuck yeah. Now I get to go study for the show I'm going to do tonight with Devin. Wahoo. Get excited for that. Yeah, guys. Once again, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to listen to us on any other platform, we're available on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox. I think I covered all those. Oops, I left the sound on. My bad, guys. Anyways, if you guys want to find us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. Huge shout out to fa- uh, football discussion, fantasy football discussion. Wow, struggled through that one, but huge shout out to you guys. I want to do another live show for you here soon. Can't wait to do it. Keep those questions coming. You guys should go all, all of you guys should go join fantasy football discussion right now. I answer all the questions on there that I can answer. If you guys have any questions, just tag us or ask us on our page. Once again, that's Fantasy Intervention. Sorry about that, guys. You're getting a little bit of jet noise in the background, but I'm not stopping. I'm going strong. I'm going to finish off this episode. Yes, I'm doing it. I don't care about the damn jets, okay? All right? Last but not least, guys, if you guys have a broken phone, just run up to the iPhone store right there off Birdneck Road if you're in Virginia Beach. Tell them Fantasy Intervention sent you. They'll give you 10% off your repair. 10% 10% off. You can use that money to go play DFS. Yes. Win some money. Just like Deanna did. Deanna had the perfect fucking lineup. And then, because I said don't play Robert Woods and play Todd Gurley, she put in Todd Gurley and did not play Robert Woods. She missed the best possible lineup by fucking Gurley. God damn it, Gurley. Why could, how could you do that to her? Huh? How could you do that? It was fucked up, Gurley. Fucked up. Why are they not using Todd Gurley in the passing game? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, huge shout out to Deanna, who has constantly shown the show to uh, support. And yeah, 
I appreciate it. Anyways, guys, if you have any questions for us, let us know. Appreciate you guys once again for listening, and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. I'm out. Hey, my mom dope, my niggas is dope, switch up is dope, pick up is dope, they feeling away, they know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast.